This is Jeremy from the Nerd Out Loud podcast, and I pay money to Patreon every month just to help alleviate the guilt I feel from not listening to I Doubt It with Dolomore. And Brittany, we're worried about you. Blink twice if you're being held against your will. We're here to help. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. This episode 294 of I Doubt It with Dalamore. I am your host, as always, Jesse Dalamore. And sitting across from me, the Zen master of not being stressed out. As much, my lovely co-host, you all know her, you all love her, Brittany Page. So I guess that's a spoiler alert. (laughs) And also, I had someone comment on one of my posts and ask if passing my thesis means that I'm no longer going to be stressed out because uh, stressed out Brittany is hilarious. They think that stressed out... They obviously don't spend a lot of time with stressed out Britney <laughs> in a in a personal capacity. Otherwise, they would not think that because stressed out Britney is a pain in my goddamn ass. Well, thank you. <laughs> That's very nice of you to say. Well, you 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 stress me out. Stress is transferable. It's it's not a you, you, stress is like herpes. I guess is what I'm saying. Mm. You can pass it on to others. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't think that's similar, but yeah. So I passed my thesis defense. It was really great. And your thesis is not a pass-fail, but you pass the defense, and then you get to go on to get your grade on your thesis. Yeah. Well, just... When you say pass, you pass your thesis defense. It's There's more to it than that. I guess. We took a a year... Of of thesis units, so two two semesters of thesis units, and technically we get a grade in that. But you you have to pass your thesis defense in order to graduate. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just interested by the whole process. Mm-hmm. Having you know, being a dumb guy who's never gone through it, it's yeah, it's like a window into something that I'll never experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was really good. It in my mind, the best thing that could have happened is what happened. So, um, which is, what is that? Just in, in my mind, I you had, walked I, in, they had tasty treats on a table for you. Here <laughs> no. you go. Never mind. We're not going to do this. No, I just had different scenarios of, of what the, the worst case was, which was me crying and running out of the room. And wow. <laughs> You're really preparing for the different possibilities and the, shit. the best case scenario. And I, I've heard things where they, you send you out of the room before you even start to discuss amongst themselves what they're going to torture you with. Wait, and before, yeah, it and starts. I've heard, I've heard that, and then hmm. after to decide on what they're going to do with you. And that I, would be nerve wracking. You walk in, you're like, okay, can you leave for a little bit? We're going to talk about you behind your back, and you yeah. know we're talking about you. And then after you're done, all right, get the fuck out. We're going to talk about you again. Yeah. 
Th- that would be stressful. Maybe even for me, that would be stressful. Yeah. And I'd be I'm, like, nah, I'm fine. I'll just stay here. Well, because I'm someone, when I did my proposal, they were peppering, my committee was peppering me with questions throughout the whole presentation. And I preferred that. I would not want to stand there while I'm talking and they're silently judging and yeah, taking notes yeah. about what they're going to ask me afterward. Kind of like it, like in a therapist office. It's kind of the... The running joke, the, the commonly made joke is, what what are you, what are you writing over there? Yeah. <laughs> so this was very much the same where, you know, they came in, they told me how they felt about the draft right away. So I didn't have to like wait. And they were very pleased. Yeah. And then at the end, there was no sending me out. It was just like, okay, you got that paper. Let's sign it. And we need to leave. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's great. So yeah, it went really well. Very happy. Now I just have five more weeks or something of multivariate statistics and that is my focus now. And then also formatting of the the article that'll be in Skeptic, the June issue Mm -hmm. of Skeptic Magazine. Yeah. Yeah, It's all good. Yeah. Some good times. Mm -hmm. So there is one thing I want to talk about before we move on into the rest of the, the regularly scheduled program, Brittany Page, and that is... Well, for new listeners, maybe we haven't talked about this in the last little while, but I I categorize Brittany's relationship with nature as adversarial. Mm -hmm. She has what I believe to be an irrational fear of spiders. She has a paranoia about raccoons. It's not paranoia. It's not irrational. I'm explaining how I categorize it. I Don't have a fear. Tell me. I have a very legitimate do fear. Do not tell me how to categorize your fears and paranoia. Well, you'd have a little bit more empathy for me if a raccoon almost sliced your face off, but that did not happen. Now, did it? No, it did not. A no, raccoon did not. To me, it not. happened to me. No, it did not. Yeah, you walked right into It was right far away that. from me, but it so was. Here, here's, it almost happened. Yeah, apparently it has <laughs> quarter mile long claws. So. Needless to say, this last week was very hectic. Uh, we 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 postponed, just like we did last night, but we postponed the show a few hours on Wednesday. We did it on Thursday morning. Brittany's been insanely pre- pre- preparing and getting together what she needs for school and also thesis. Those are both the same thing, but I mean, regular homework, regular school stuff, and then also the thesis. They all came kind of together. And it all kind of came to a head this weekend. We had a a Patreon call on Friday. And then Saturday, we went to the the tax march in L.A. And then uh, we had a Patreon call the next day. So anyway, it's been very a lot going on. Well, yesterday morning, after all of the stress, Brittany was really looking forward to sleeping in to catch up on some much needed because Brittany needs her goddamn rest. Mm-hmm. A lot of it, more than a normal human being. Yes. Brittany needs if she doesn't get 8 hours of sleep, she is I was going to say a monster, but <laughs> you're more just a, a fucking walking zombie. You're a wreck. I if don't, you don't get 8 I hours. don't I don't think that's true. I think you're being a little insane because I think, I think that you are not being honest well, with yourself. Excuse me, I was able to past my thesis defense and I was running on five or less for multiple days before that happened. So I can function. It's just I'm not happy about it. All right. We'll leave it there. Yes. We'll leave this for another time. Mm -hmm. So anyway, needless to say, on Sunday morning, Brittany was looking forward to to sleeping in. And I, I get up early and I was up doing whatever in the house. And 
I hear from the other room. No. <laughs> what? You know where this is going. Well, whatever he's about to say is a lie. <laughs> well, what did you say? What did I hear you scream from the other room? Well, just go ahead and speak your lie. Okay. So from the other room, I hear, God damn it. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Screaming. And I, I knew what it was. Oh, my God. And I was laughing. So I went in. <laughs> and I I broke out the recorder because I had to. I stuck my iPhone out the window. We had a squirrel outside the bedroom window doing this for a long time. Probably over over 30 minutes. For sure. It was just sitting there doing this repetitive noise. I don't know if he was trying to get a little squirrel ass, like if he's like sending the, the vibe out to the lady squirrels. Or maybe this was a lady squirrel so you looking saw, for some, some squirrel deed. You saw this asshole squirrel. Yeah, it was a plump little bastard. Did he have an object in his hand? No, just sitting on a branch. I don't understand. Ruining my morning. Sounds like a zoo. Yeah. Uh. And this was early in the morning. This was, I mean, for, for Brittany on a Sunday, this was like 8.30 in the morning. That's, that's prime sleeping time on a weekend when Brittany's trying to catch up. How long are we going to listen to this torture device? What is that? I hope that there's some animal expert that's listening to the show that can call in and tell us what the hell this squirrel was doing. What is it doing? I think it knew that you were in the other room and it was intent on waking you up. Well, it was sitting in a tree right outside the window, right? That's right, yeah. So I think that that is very possible. But you get angry at birds even sometimes. Well, if they do that, if they're right outside the window. Birds and don't they're, do that. But and birds they're making just, noises. Birds are just celebrating the beauty of another day on Earth. No, no, they're not. They were like having a presidential debate outside the window. <laughs> and it was very loud, very aggressive. Again, one more instance, one more piece of evidence in the ream that I'm collecting in my secret filing cabinet about your adversarial relationship with nature. Whatever. <laughs> but maybe, maybe, maybe nature's caught on. Yeah. Maybe wait, they, wait, wait. they've, they've, they've squirreled away. No, no, uh, no pun intended uh -huh. evidence of their own against you, knowing that you are their adversary. And so they'll leave me alone? No, maybe they're they're working in concert, again, no pun intended, working in concert with one another to distract you and bother you. Perfect. I do. I would love to know what that squirrel was doing. I, I don't know. <laughs> Torture. All right. Let's get to some voicemails before we move on with the show. Ah. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Brittany. Steve Durham from Orange County again. I just want to say, well, fuck. We fell for it. His $93 million distraction diversion tactic has worked. We are now concentrating on damage control from the whole Syria thing. We also dropped the mother of all bombs um, and campaigning against ISIS. And now we're down this bunny trail of recovering from that effort. Uh, 
sad because I thought we would be concentrating on the Russia thing still. But it's hard when your president goes and bombs countries um, out of pure, uh, I, I don't know. I'm just very disappointed. <laughs> I wish uh, we could impeach him uh, at a faster uh, rate. Uh, so it sucks. Uh, I'm not too sure what else to say, but shit. Um, <laughs> what else can we do? Um, how can we get him out of the office? This is terrifying. Thanks again. Um, love the show. Um, but that's really all I got to say about this. So I believe he was in his car. Of course. He said he's in Orange County. And I heard that was a ticker in the background. He must not be a California native. Yeah, because you're using your signal. Yeah, and most assholes in California don't use their turn signal. No. Their direction indicator when they drive. I would say it's over 70% for sure. It is, it's unbelievable. And I think it's something about California because my mom... And trust me, this is way more important than the mother of all bombs being dropped. It really is. <laughs> it really is. My mom is from California. She's from Los Angeles, California. And when she was teaching me how to drive, she explicitly said, you do not need to use your signal. No one needs to know where you're going. Goddamn. And that's a real thing that happened. I wonder if there was some sort of driving school that just taught all of these people that they don't need to use their signal. So kudos to you, sir. Yes, thank you. Steve, we, we appreciate the use of your turn signal, especially since you're right here in Orange County. Yeah. Driving on the same roads. Fighting the good fight. That we find ourselves. Now to your the substance of your call. Actually, let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, I agree. Now, I... I don't know where you stand on this, but I do believe that the the war, the military action that we are waging in Afghanistan relative to uh, the suppression of terrorists or the elimination of terrorists, let's just call it what it is, I think is a noble cause. I think it's a good cause. I think we, we're doing the region a service, and a lot of you will disagree. That's okay. Reasonable people can disagree about things like this. What I take issue with relative to the mother of all bombs to the massive ordnance air blast, the 22,000-pound munition that was dropped is the fact that, one, we don't even know if Donald Trump actually ordered the use of this particular um, explosive, which was done for the very first time in the history of humanity. We don't know if he just gives blanket the blanket okay to his commanders in the field, or if he's, I mean, listen, if it's a one, it's the first time ever when we dropped a nuclear weapon on Japan twice, Harry Truman ordered that strike. He didn't just, all right, well, if you if you decide to do it, eh, go ahead and do it. Especially when something's done for the very first time, a president needs to be on the ground uh, metaphorically with the commanders mm -hmm. making that decision. But uh, listen, I, I share your angst. Again, it's one more call from a listener that begins with, well, let's just play it. Oh, hi, Jesse. Hi, Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think the, the media reaction to 
obviously Syria and then obviously this situation was fucking gross was very disturbing not only the he became president again but also I saw this clip of Fox News where Ainsley Earhart was oh my god saying that even though the the drone footage of the bomb being dropped is in black and white it's really red white and blue that's what freedom looks like she said yeah and remember everybody Ainsley Earhart. What about country? the majority? Okay, the so majority. tired of protecting the minority. I wish that they could think that like free school lunches are red, white, and blue or, you know, something else that is yeah, right. very important, right? Um, and not just bombing people. Well, even Geraldo Rivera said uh, of his 16 years at Fox News, at Fox News... <laughs> That his most memorable moments, his most favorite moments, are watching bombs drop on "quote unquote" bad guys. Mm-hmm. Which, man, look, I understand the sentiment, but we don't have to be so goddamn gleeful about the taking of life as a country. It needs to be our solemn duty that we don't look forward to with with this deviant happiness. Mm-hmm. Because the loss of life, in any case, should be something that we are, we are, well, the, we have uh, some remorse over, even if it's a bad guy. Because what led us to even have this type of bad guy? It's, it's not something to celebrate. It's not something to fire fireworks off and, ooh, Fourth of July, this is what America is. No, it's not. Well, I think it bothers me mostly because it's partisan. If president obama yes. had done this i'm not sure ainsley earhart would be saying that no she would have been part of the 22 percent that uh was against it when obama was uh, uh deliberating over whether he was going to attack syria remember those numbers the 22 percent that were for it yeah that's right she, she would have been part of the the 80 the the 88 percent yeah I had to do the math real quick, Brittany Page. Well, now I'm confused, and I'm concerned <laughs> that I'm not saying it right. No, no, you're saying it right. Okay. You, you were right. Okay. So I, I agree. And, you know, it's uh, strange, strange times. Well, and Steve is also probably concerned because he lives in Orange County, like us, and North Korea is desperately trying to... Right, naming Los Angeles as one of the cities that they want to reach out to right. nuclearly. I mean, it's not <laughs> going well for them. No, it's embarrassing. It's kind of embarrassing, but you never know. Yeah. All right. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it very much, Steve. Hey, this is Eagle from Madison, Wisconsin. I have a lot I want to talk about, but I also want to stay in the one and a half minute time frame that you guys talked about. So I even got a timer going. Actually, no, I don't. Now I do. Got a timer going just to make sure I don't go over. So I'm assuming everyone knows about the free speech anti-fascist riot that happened over the weekend. Um, so a guy on my Facebook posted the woman getting punched and was, uh, he didn't do it in like, you know, the way a normal human being would do it per se. So the guy uh, who posted this went to college, discovered the wonders of 4chan, became a neo-Nazi. But I can, I can understand Brittany's case, you know, with, with her growing up and everything. Uh, I just can't fathom this one. I, I don't understand how someone just, like, just decides to do that after being told like all this information. But anyway, that's for another time. Uh, I went, so I was looking for articles and what went down and one of them really concerned me. Not because of the content, because it was one of the first fucking results. So 
the article was addressing the woman got punched, and he was all like, oh, she quotes some glorious bastard quotes, and posts nude, and does other mean adult things, ah, it's awful, and I was like, oh, fuck off, how is that relevant anyway, who fucking cares, and the guy who punched her is a fucking white supremacist, a Nazi, you, you know, what, what this, congrats, bro, you know how to talk women while in your mother's basement, congrats to you, but, the article was all alt-right as fucks, and um, I say fuck a lot. I'm sorry. It's a fun word. Uh, so, he and other Neanderthal fuck who worships uh, Pepe the Frog, or whatever the fuck his name is, is all like, It's the bear. She's a dumb bitch. She didn't think Trump's first night back. And they're like, oh, fuck off. She was blocking the asswipe from hitting someone else. Or at least that's what it looked like. That's what it looked like to me. I could be wrong. Anyway, that's what it's been pissing me off for the past. 30 minutes. Hopefully, I'm still allowed to go to the next hangout. I missed the last one. I probably won't be allowed to go in the next one. But anyway, I love you guys. I hope you are doing well. Brittany, I am sorry you drank the shitty smoke-flavored beer. That's another thing I can't stand is shitty beer. One of these days, I swear to God, I'll send both of you some exclusive beer beer from Wisconsin. You both deserve, deserve it. Keep doing what you're doing. Fuck, I'm over two minutes. <laughs> the time limit is three minutes. The time limit is three minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So you so, had a little bit more time. So he, here's here's what I gathered from what I was able to understand from the fast-talking eagle from Minnesota. Uh, and maybe I should have played this at the end, but we didn't, and here we are. So th- this weekend was the tax march. It took place all over the country, several different cities. I, think, I don't know, 9, 10, 11, 12 cities maybe. And in 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 Los Angeles, there were... Between ten and twenty-five thousand people. I'm not a, an estimator of crowd size, so I don't know. But there was a lot. Now in Berkeley is where, which is where he's talking about. They also had this kind of a protest go on. Now we had someone ask us on the call what a tax march is because they live in Sweden. That's right. And they were not sure. So the tax march is an effort to get Donald Trump's attention and show him that the people actually do care and want to see his tax returns. Yes. He has said that he was elected. That means people don't care, don't want to see them. He lied throughout the um, campaigning, saying that he was under audit. Well, he could be under audit, but anyway, you can release them still, so it doesn't matter. So this was kind of a show of force saying, hey, we're here. We care. Show us your tax returns. That's right. And uh, in Berkeley, there it was a more of a violent clash between the, these these fascist types, these 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 neo Nazi types, and a woman, a young woman, was punched right in her fucking face by this little neo Nazi jerk off. Mm-hmm. I don't have his name here because he's not that important to me. But on Twitter, you have your Twitter handle, which is his name, and then your Twitter. Nickname, which is like your name, like I'm Dolom- at Dolomore, but my, I'm Jesse Dolomore. His name is Fashy Haircut. So he is just <laughs> he is just a, a little cunty follower of Richard Spencer. Mm-hmm. His name is Nathan Damigo. 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 Nathan Damigo. Right. So and he's on he's on camera punching. With a getting a running start, punching this woman in the face who apparently was hospitalized for a concussion. And what I'm gathering from what Eagle is saying is that the first website he went to to when he was looking this up was some uh, some place trying to defame her character that she had posed nude or whatever. 
And again, this is something that Brittany and I have been struggling with. I don't know if we talked about it, but it is dragging up the... Pa- oh, yeah, because they did it with the doctor on United Flight. Right. It, it, it's immaterial to what's going on here. Who yeah. cares? Well, one, who cares if she posed nude? Who fucking cares? Mm-hmm. Uh, she certain- got punched in the face. Right. So right. why why... It's almost as though people... It kind of reminds me of the just world fallacy where people try to construct this narrative to make an action meaningful as though someone deserved it. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And it, they're trying to make it so, well, she had to have done something in her past to where it brought her to this point where she deserved to get punched in the face by this man. Right. Or the doctor on United flight. Yeah. And it's a very strange impulse because we can just believe Wow, some bad things happen sometimes to people who who don't deserve it. It's yeah, for no sure, reason. Sure. For no reason. So um I, I do also want to say I've been seeing tweets about this, and this is one that I read. Welcome to the age of equality. You wanna roll like a man, don't bitch when your ass is handed to you. Men and women are a hundred percent the same, remember? What a fucking jerk off. Who's that? Was that a tweet? Yeah. His his name's Autumn, at Autumn Baby underscore NYC. At Autumn, like the season? Yeah. At Autumn Baby NYC. Underscore NYC. Underscore NYC. What a fucking jerk off. Yeah, which is weird because I've seen men get punched in the face and not be able to recover. So it's Absolutely. not it's not just a woman issue, right? Yeah. Ugh. God damn. All right. Well, thanks for the call. I don't know if we answered all of what needed to be answered, but we tried. We tried. You started talking about beer, and I just I started losing consciousness. So, <laughs> yes. So, thank you, Eagle, for the call. We appreciate it very much. Moving on. All right, let's try to get this done in three minutes. Hi, I'm Dave from Indiana. Uh, I have a question for you about trying to get political arguments sorted. I met with a Republican friend, Libertarian. Uh, a couple weeks ago, sat down with him at lunch and asked him if he was still on the Trump train. And he said yes. And so, let's see. Russia lies, media corruption. Uh, first I asked him about the Russia meddling scandal, not scandal, Russia, Russia meddling with the election. And he said, like, yeah, that's not good, but there's no connection to Trump at this point, so he doesn't see that as being too big of an issue, and he doesn't know that it led to his winning. So, it's not good, but if we can partner with another superpower, which I recently found out I don't think they are as much anymore, and so that's kind of a pride issue for them. Uh, <clears throat> and so that's not such a big deal, and being partners with that could be nice. So I asked him about the scandals with some of the cabinet members, and I kind of had to explain that to him about why it was bad that they made promises, they made deals, perhaps, uh, before they were all in office in order to help them get elected. He's like, he doesn't trust any of the government, libertarian, yada, yada, yada. Uh, so he'll use, he's just going by actions. If they get convicted, then yeah, he'll change his mind on the Russia thing. I also found out that Russia's been meddling in shit ton of elections, and they want to destabilize pretty much anything they can. It'll better. Okay, second thing, uh, what about his lying to uh, essentially the public on so many things, not being able to admit he was wrong in anything? Uh, and he's saying that that's essentially because he's not a politician. Like, uh, all politicians do that, but because he's not polished, because he's blunt and uh, not PC, he it's easy, easy for the media to misconstrue that, to 
bend that to stuff that he didn't actually say. Uh, Clinton and other people can make it sound better. They can guide the line uh, so they're not actually stepping in the Republican zone or the Democratic zone or whatever, which I think is fucking bullshit. Uh, and then, corrupted media corruption, uh, I was talking about, uh, he was talking about, uh, Hillary and Benghazi out of the two possibilities. Uh, it was better to have an inexperienced candidate that is blunt like that than a corrupt career politician. And essentially, I, my question is if I should be going back, uh, to search Hillary Clinton's, like, Benghazi story, all this stuff, and argue for a candidate that is no longer going to be in office, it doesn't really matter, or if I should try to move forward and just say, please, help me, or agree with me that this is a shitty person and he should not be in office. Uh, Russia life, corruption media. I think I got to all the points I want to say. Uh, love the show, of course. Here's one, you got cut off. <laughs> Two, this is how I think I would handle this. You need to, one, this guy's deep in the on the team, so it's going to be hard to break him out of, of his, you know, on its face, it looks like he's just a fucking idiot, but I doubt that's the case. Mm-hmm. You know, he sounds like he, you know, has some ability to find a cogent thought. He, here's what I would do, though. So I would put say to him, so what you're saying is, you're naming two two scandals of Hillary Clinton, the 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 corruption or the the collusion between between the her foundation, you know, the pay to play thing, and Benghazi, and those two things, you're sold on. Absolutely, she's guilty. And then I just named eight or ten things about Donald Trump, which. You can just eat, although that could just, oh, that, explain it away, explain it away. So the two things, most certainly Hillary Clinton's guilty of because she's not on your team, but because your guy is on your team, it's okay. And I can find all the little nuanced arguments to explain away his behavior. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I think that would be a start. Yeah. But it's going to be God. It's almost uh, maybe impossible. To get through to some of these people. Yeah, I mean, this is the really difficult part is talking to Trump supporters who are still defending him yeah, and still on his team. And I think a lot of it comes from the fact that they they can't admit that they're wrong or they can't admit that maybe he wasn't all that they thought he was going to be. Right. That's hard for people to do. Well, because it also entails admitting to a mistake they made. Right. It. it and that's that's tough for anybody, especially with a, a, a mistake that involves something as important as the man or woman who will lead the entire country. Right. So keep at it. I mean, I, I don't I don't know that I would quit, but just know that your your success rate is going to be very low. I think and I took this page out of Brittany's handbook that when you have discussions like this on Facebook, your your goal should be to remain as as steadfast as you can, but also as calm and as reasonable and as metered as you can. Maybe not for the person with whom you're actually discussing things, but for people who will be witnessing the discussion, because it's not just you and that person in a bubble. Outsiders are witnessing it. So I would 
I would encourage you to take these types of discussions to Facebook, not, you know, a Starbucks <laughs> that's one-on-one. Although that's good, too, because face-to-face time is, you know, beneficial. Yeah, and I think that uh, cops that stomp on people's heads could also benefit from that idea of thinking that people are witnessing their behavior. <laughs> We'll Just get, a thought. Let's get to that after this next... Just a thought. After this next voicemail, because it'll tie right in. Talking about the United Airlines kerfuffle. Um, so, one, the police actions were completely off the charts. Terrible. But... Oh, there's a but. I'm not going to try to defend what they did at all. It was terrible, and that guy should sue, and he should get a large settlement. But... But... What I will say this is this... Um, one United, maybe keep offering up more money until somebody takes your offer and gets off the plane because you fucked up by overbooking that plane. So don't just say, hey, we're going to remove this guy. Keep offering up money until somebody says, hey, that sounds like a good fucking deal. I'll take that. I'm going to get off this plane. Hmm, problem solved. Uh, second, the way it was handled, if you're the guy and an officer's telling you to get off the plane, get off the fucking plane, okay? I know it's not fair. And it's complete bullshit. But at that point, just get up and get off the fucking plane. That's what I would have done. That's what I would hope anybody else would do. That doesn't justify what happened afterwards. He was not being aggressive towards the officers. What happened to him was completely wrong. But when you're told to get off the plane, just get off the plane and deal with it later. Uh, that's just my two cents. Have a good one. So... It's a very good point because, you know, when I get pulled over and an officer wants me to give him a handy, <laughs> wants me to jerk his dick off on the side of the road, just do what the officer's saying, Brittany Page. That's what I always do. Mm-hmm. If the officer wants to jiggle my balls on the side of the road, <laughs> I just pull my pants down and let him do what he's going to do because... Well, you look forward to it. Well, that's that's his... He's the officer. And I'm I'm just a citizen. I don't I just need to do what he says. I need to comply with what the officer says. That guy paid for his goddamn ticket. And he was on the plane. He was on the here's it shouldn't be that United, if they ask you to get off the plane, it's don't seat people that you're gonna ask to be to, to leave the fucking plane. That's what should be done. And the unfortunate thing is that there's this default to respecting authority and going along with what the cops ask you to do. And for those people that have gone back and listened since episode one, you will see that I have made a radical change over the course of three years. And I have not. (laughs) Because I used to... I used to be inherently trusting of police, which is kind yes. of weird. It was, I mean, it was a struggle for me because I was raised by two criminal parents who didn't trust the police. I was told growing up that the two people I could lie to were the police and teachers. Yeah, but you also put two and two together that when when your dad was being a maniac and the cops were called... Right, they the would maniac, come save. Maniac time stopped yeah they they were they were safe they were people that would come and and make it stop and it was good restore order to the household right so i really identified with that aspect but i was still a little weary of them however i would default to no they need to be respected and if someone is doing something wrong yeah you know and and now you are uh you find yourself where very suspect of the police right I think a lot of it stems from the 
videos that I have seen on the internet lately where the cops are stomping on people's heads. Uh, I just saw a video yesterday where a cop is ripping the window off the uh, driver's side door and rips it off and then God starts damn. unlocking the door to get the driver out when he's saying, I don't, I don't, I don't need to let you in my car. I right. have the right to say no. He just rips the window off his car. So there are too many instances where the police do things that violate people's rights. Well, let me go back to something here, especially related to this specific thing with United. And it wasn't, he wasn't being disruptive on the flight. He wasn't a threat to other passengers. They didn't have a legal authority to remove him from the flight. Now, had he, was he smoking on the plane? They're like, hey, you got to go. That's against federal aviation guidelines. You have to get off. Now we have the authority to remove you from the plane. No, it was... We have other employees that they're going to fly in this seat. They were to sit where you're seated. Even though you've paid, United employees are going to take your seat. Oh, you don't want to leave? We're going to call the cops, and they're going to remove you. So they didn't have legal authority to remove. So do you have to follow what the orders of a police officer when they are illegal? No, you do not. It's been proven time and time again by the courts. Even when you're in the military, you do not have an obligation to follow an illegal order. Well, so I don't know if it was illegal because I've heard that when you purchase the tickets, there's a lot of tiny lettering, right, in the contract that you basically agree to that they can do that. That's what I've heard. I haven't researched it enough. But the thing is, if you're being asked to be removed from the flight, it seems to me that your right would be you can Google that and try to figure out if what they're doing is right. Similar to how if a cop pulls you over and you suspect maybe it's a rapist in a cop car that's not really a cop, you can call and say, I just got pulled over. This is the license plate number. I want to verify that this person can actually right, right. talk to me. So I'm kind of equating those two things. I don't know if that's right. I think that he would have the ability to check on those things rather than before listen having his to fucking them teeth knocked out and his nose broken before listening to them and then being taken off the flight like the caller suggested he should just go along with it just do it and then figure it out later i think that he should be able to do the opposite figure it out and then decide what he's going to do listen the responsibility here lies on the authorities to do the right thing the responsibility lies on them because they have the power the responsibility doesn't lie with the citizenry to just go along to get along. Just just be a just be a good citizen, follow what the police say. No. They're they're the ones who are well trained and well paid to do their jobs. Not to violently yank an innocent man out of his chair, bouncing his fucking head off of the, 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 the armrest, breaking his nose, knocking out teeth, and rendering him w with a concussion. So I don't get the, I don't get the, for me, there's a disconnect here between, yeah, he should get a settlement. Yeah, th they should be sued, but he should have just left. I mean, does he have a right to be there or not? It seemed like it was an arbitrary decision. Mm -hmm. So, again, though, we'd love to hear what you think, <laughs> even though I sound like I'm fucking sold on the deal.
657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Thank you guys for the voicemails very, very much. We actually have a couple of emails that we're going to get to. I'm responding to Rebecca's phone call message in reference to the amazing woman that fought off the rapist in the public restroom a few weeks back. First off, don't be afraid, Jesse. I do agree with absolutely everything you said. It's a very difficult topic to verbalize what one feels and have it not be interpreted correctly. However, what I took from Rebecca's comments, and I think she was trying to convey, wasn't so much about this particular circumstance, but in general, rape culture slash disrespect of women. Obviously, this guy was just a schmuck. Violence and rape takes an evilness within the perpetrator. But I think what she was trying to say was that in the same way we should be arming our daughters with self-defense and general safety and knowledge, we also need to be educating our sons on boundaries and respect. Things like grabbing a girl's ass or copping a feel when she is walking by or an opportunity presents itself is not okay and it isn't funny or something you should be high-fiving your buddies about. That kind of education for our sons and teaching them from an early age helps to prevent some of the desensitization of that, and we all, unfortunately, have become accustomed to. Sadly, I can remember in middle school being at the mall and having a group of boys walk by and grab my boob. They all thought it was funny, and honestly, it wasn't a big deal to me because already at such a young age, you become accustomed to these types of situations. Every woman can pinpoint the moment they had to actually think and try to determine where, quote, that line is and when to shrug it off or attempt to claw a guy's eyes out. It's sad. It's sad because I do think there are some situations that could be prevented if only our younger boys were being more informed on acceptable and unacceptable behavior. Obviously not in this type of situation like the jogger encountered, but more so in cases of some of these date rape cases or she was so drunk and didn't say no type situations. Two of my boys are in high school right now, and I can tell you of two different circumstances where a younger sister was assaulted at a sleepover by a big brother's buddy. Thankfully, the other boys were the first to call them out, stop what was happening, and make the situation known to the parents. But had some of these boys not been educated after the first situation... They may not have been so enlightened. I don't know. Maybe this isn't what Rebecca meant, but that was how I took it. That no, we can't prevent all rape or assault by teaching boys not to rape because that is an evilness that you can't simply teach over. But we can do all of our children a service by teaching boys boundaries and acceptability and really getting into the details of it all. If she's asleep, no. If she's drunk, no. If she is in any way not a willing or in a mentally aware state, no. That simple things like grabbing or fondling a girl isn't funny, snapping bra straps, knock it off. That kind of thing could go a long way in helping this desensitized culture we currently have. Just my two cents. Love you both. Amy. Amy, thank you very much. Listen, it is... It is certainly one of those topics, and when I launched into it, Brittany had the nervous face. And looking back, I, I understand why. We actually didn't get as much feedback on from voicemails and emails as I thought we would. In fact, this is the only one. I thought that it was... We got a lot more on Twitter and a little bit on Facebook, but nothing, nothing like I thought we would. Because it is a sensitive topic. And to say that you don't really believe in the full width and breadth of the rape culture position that that, that it exists, uh, it's it's uh, rhetorically dangerous. 
especially being a man. That's why I tried to preface it by saying I think they should be, if I believed in the death penalty, rapists should be fucking murdered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and right. I do believe that. Mm-hmm. I don't discount it. I think assaulting women, like even the bra strap thing, yeah, it's fucking off limits. No. And we do need to teach our boys respect for women. Understanding their bodies are their own. You're you're not allowed access unless you are explicitly given permission. Full stop. Yeah, and I think one of the the big points of Rebecca's voicemail was the issue of self-defense. And I think that goes such a long way because when I was young, my parents placed a heavy emphasis on us being able to fight. Shocking. And uh, when boys teased me or made my life miserable or touched me or anything else... Th- there was a guy I punched in the face one time. I just punched him in the face. Right. And he... Ne- Pretty page, everybody. He never, he never messed with me again. Right on. There was a guy that used to make my life miserable. And I invited him to meet me in the schoolyard to fight at lunchtime. I, I told him that. I started telling everybody we're going to fight at lunchtime, trying to ratchet up an audience. And he told me he didn't want to meet me there. He didn't mess with me anymore. Yeah. So I think that being able to... Obviously, we we don't want to promote like Fight Club, but (laughs) well, there are instances in which that solves some problems. Yeah, it makes it stop. Yeah, and being able to protect yourself is really important because there are always going to be situations where kids are not getting what they need at home. They're not being told. Listen, this isn't how you treat people. Yeah, you can't do this, and so they need to learn that lesson elsewhere. (laughs) For sure, they just do. Yeah, awesome. Well, listen, everybody, thanks for the voicemails. Thanks for the emails. We appreciate it very much. This, this show is going to be a little different. E- Easter weekend, kind of, sometimes on these holidays, the news kind of falls off. And things that we are, we're tracking, there are no developments in. And so we're not going to have a Dollamocracy segment today for the first time in maybe 100 episodes. Instead, we're going to do some follow-up. And I, I'm going to get to two specific things. We have two assholes of today but first let's do a little bit of follow-up uh via brian stelter on what's going on with bill o'reilly and whether or not he's coming back from his quote-unquote planned vacation what will rupert murdoch decide that is the big media question of the next seven days rupert murdoch's biggest star on fox news bill o'reilly is on vacation for seven more days that's why there's a ticking clock But O'Reilly might not be relaxing. Here's why. Fox News is owned by 21st Century Fox, and the company is controlled by these guys, the Murdochs, by Rupert and his sons, James and Lachlan. And the Murdochs are not sure whether to continue standing by O'Reilly. Now let's flash back to April 1st. That's when the New York Times reported on the previously secret settlements that O'Reilly had struck with women who had accused him of sexual harassment and verbal abuse. O'Reilly said the claims had no merit, but he had settled them in order to avoid embarrassing news headlines that would hurt his children. After the Times story hit, sponsors started to move their ads from the O'Reilly Factor. And a woman who is not settled, who has not agreed to stay silent in exchange for a payout, called up and asked Fox to formally investigate O'Reilly. 
Her name is Wendy Walsh. This is what her lawyer, Lisa Bloom, said right here last week on Reliable Sources. We received a return phone call from a couple of attorneys who represent Fox News, and they said that they are indeed going to do an investigation based on Wendy's complaint. In response to that comment, 21st Century Fox issued a statement saying the company investigates all complaints, and we have asked the law firm Paul Weiss to continue assisting the company in these serious matters. Now, this is one of those canned corporate statements that actually contained big news. Paul Weiss is the same law firm that looked into the allegations against Fox News boss Roger Ailes last summer. The Murdochs then concluded that Ailes had to go. So could the same thing be happening this time? O'Reilly is a profit engine for Fox News, but he's also a liability now, hurting Fox's ad sales and overall brand. That's why this came as a surprise. Back on Tuesday night, O'Reilly said he was going on vacation. He said it was pre-planned. Watch. Last fall, I booked a trip that should be terrific. Not going to tell you where it is, but we have a contest on BillOReilly.com. Guess where Bill's going. I'll have a full report when I return. When I return, he said, which will be on April 24th, according to Fox. It's curious timing, right? Here's what Gabe Sherman told Chris Hayes on MSNBC. Do you believe the vacation was pre-planned? Yes, all my reporting inside Fox News indicates that Bill O'Reilly did plan this trip before. Now, what I find striking is that management let him go. You know, when you're in the middle of a major public relations crisis, if they were backing him, they would say, listen, stay on the air. We got your back. Don't make it look like this is a suspension. Uh, that's interesting. So letting him go on the pre-planned vacation is a little bit of an indicator. Maybe or maybe O'Reilly just is not the kind of guy who would cancel a vacation to save face. My sense is that Fox was happy and maybe even a little bit relieved that this vacation was scheduled when it was. This is now a cooling off period, as one source said to me, because this is where it gets really interesting. Sherman and reporters at the New York Times and other outlets say there is a dramatic divide within Fox, a divide right within the Murdoch family over O'Reilly's future. This is from CNN's own Dylan Byers reporting. He says one source close to the matter said their understanding is that Rupert, who is the executive chairman, would like to keep O'Reilly on while his son James, the CEO, is opposed to that idea. And that is where we are. Then it sounds like there is a good chance that O'Reilly won't come back or will come back and then be fired. Although well, he, I think it would be better if they just don't let him back. Well, he's leaving on a Wednesday. Right. So couldn't afford the weekend airline ticket. <laughs> it was cheaper to fly out on a yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, he's saving, a, you know, saving a 50 bucks on the, on the tickets. Spent a lot of time trying to convince everybody it was planned. They're having a contest on BillOReilly.com. Yeah. You know it's serious and pre-planned when they have a contest on where in the world is Bill O'Reilly? Yeah, well, he he sold it as where am I going? But actually, when you go and take the survey, it's how long was this planned? <laughs> and then it gives you a couple of time frames. You have to guess. Right. Yeah. Right. So the interesting thing here is the fact that we're looking at a generational split here. The younger children, they're adult, but the, the ones who are going to, to lead into the future with 21st Century Fox... Who are going to run the company when Murdoch melts away? Because he's melting because he's an old man, you know. That's what they do, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Like a candle. He looks like a candle that's melting. <laughs> You're going to continue. Murdoch. Yeah. Rupert. Okay. Murdoch. <laughs> but his kids don't sound like they're too keen on the Bill O'Reilly situation. They want to fucking cut bait with him. Yeah. Where Rupert Murdoch, the melting candle, eh, he's happy to have this 
alleged sexual harasser, I was trying to think of the word, Yeah. on board. Because yeah. you know, that's what old fucking men do, you know? Yeah, well, and Bill O'Reilly has been a long defender of Roger Ailes. And Donald Trump. Reports came out saying that uh, Bill O'Reilly was actually a large part of why Megyn Kelly left Fox News. That's right. Because when she came forward with her allegations against Roger Ailes, he, Bill O'Reilly, was asked about them in different interviews, and he had a very poor reaction. Yeah. He was very angry, and she thought that he was setting a bad example for people that come forward and say they were sexually harassed. Yeah. But I don't think he cares. Right. Well, listen, the airways will be a better place without the likes of Bill O'Reilly. And again, we will follow the story as it develops. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. Liz. Liz. Zelda. Zelda. Casey. Casey. And Eric. And Eric. Thank you, guys. Our newest Patreon PayPal family. You guys are the best. And we we are excited about the things that are coming in the future. Um, I don't think we've ever done the Patreon quote-unquote mid-roll at 55, 57 minutes in. Well, sometimes a lot of good stuff is going on. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's awesome. So listen, if you haven't updated your pledge from when we switched from per episode to monthly, please go in and do that. There are still many of you, and we are furiously, obsessively, addictively checking our email from a notice from Patreon that you have done so. So again, thank you guys. We appreciate all that you do for the show, helping us move the conversation forward by partnering with us on Patreon and donating through PayPal. We love you guys. All right. Well, let's wrap the show. It's the asshole of today. So we have two. Two of them. So I can't You do my typical announcement right after the, the music ends. Well, you could say Mormon judge and female genital mutilation doctor. Yep. Maybe with less excitement, though. Yeah, please. <laughs> so are we starting with the Utah Whichever judge? Whichever one. Whatever okay. you want to do. Utah judge Thomas Lowe is his name. That is his name. And here's what happened. He was sentencing a rapist and during that process decided to get emotional, not, not for the victim, but for the extraordinarily good man that he was having to send to prison. Well, this one's going to have some people talking for sure. A Provo judge apparently giving praise to a molester that he is about to sentence in court. This while the convicted sex offender's victims sat in the courtroom. Chris Jones with more on the story tonight. And Chris, Judge Thomas Lowe uh, seemed to be holding back tears when he was actually sentencing this man on these charges. Yeah, yeah, that's right, Mark. This is him. This is Judge Lowe. And he had nothing but glowing praise for this man, Keith Viejo, who is a sex predator and convicted. The court has no doubt that Mr. Vallejo is 
an extraordinarily good man. This is Judge Thomas Lowe praising sexual predator Keith Vallejo, was found guilty of molesting two young women. But great men sometimes do bad things. But that judge shouldn't have done that. He, he shouldn't have said those things. And on the phone is one of Vallejo's victims, Julia Kirby. She was in the courtroom when Lowe, apparently holding back tears, sentenced the man who sexually abused her and another over and over again while they stayed in his home three years ago. And for him to in a courtroom in front of the victim who was abused and raped by this man was Unacceptable. It reinforces that nobody's going to believe you. Turner Bitten with the Utah Coalition Against Sexual Assault says when a judge praises the perpetrator, it tells the victim they're to blame. At the end of the day, we're still going to tell you that your perpetrator was a good person, that they made a mistake, and that somehow it was still your responsibility. I maintain my innocence. Vallejo, who is a former LDS bishop, never admitted to the crimes. And the judge, Julia, says never made him take responsibility. He never once said to Keith that you are guilty and you need to own up to these crimes. He said, you're a great man and I believe that you're this wonderful person. Now, this is not the first time that uh, Judge Thomas Lowe has been criticized for this case. Back in February, that's when Viejo was convicted of molesting those women. The judge allowed him to walk out of the courtroom and go home until the sentencing yesterday. Back to you. Uh, first of all, can I bitch about the coverage here? Yeah, I don't. I think they left out a key part. Yeah, quick, saying fucking molester. He's a convicted rapist. Fucking Mormon local news channel. Come on. He's a rapist. It, it seems like distancing language. I mean, molestation is terrible. He didn't just fondle them. He raped them. Don't call him a molester. Fucking weird. So that is important, obviously. I also, I wonder if Judge Thomas Lowe is a Mormon. <laughs> I laugh because it's clear you haven't seen any photos of him. I haven't. He's a Mormon. Well, I, I don't. You, they have a look about them. Well, there has to be something motivating this praise of this guy who's in a former bishop of the Mormon church. Yeah. And also the judge is a provo. So I think it's religion. That's motivating this. 100%. Uh, that somehow religion is convincing him that this guy is a good man. No, 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 no. Extraordinarily great man. Right. Sharing the same religious affiliation is somehow giving him the idea that he needs to be supportive of him. or I, I don't know what this impulse is, but it's really sick. Well, it's not even that he's a great and man. He's extraordinarily great. For the victims that were sitting in that room... I I don't I don't know how anyone was able to be silent while this was going on because I just imagine that someone would stand up and say I'm sorry but what's happening right now what right. Are, what are you doing right now It's why are you getting emotional about this rapist going to jail What's happening Where's the emotion for the victim Yeah the, the girls that were raped are sitting in this room while you're doing this repeatedly victimized and you're shedding tears for the fucking rapist. So I don't know how many times we've talked about judges in this segment. Pretty pretty often. Yeah, yeah. So they get to this level of education and they still don't have the ability to reason through situations where they have 
a bias. Well, in this case, it's his particular flavor of religion, which is blinding him to being a rational, decent, empathetic character. Because to praise, and it's glowing praise that he's heaping upon this guy that's getting ready to be sentenced to prison for rape. That's not an accidental you know what I mean? That that that, that is a, a a premeditated act. So they talked about the backlash that he received in February because he allowed Keith Vallejo to be free until his sentencing. Yeah. Here were his here are his convictions: first degree felony of object rape, and ten second degree felonies of forcible sexual abuse. What an extraordinarily great man! And that's someone that should remain free until his sentencing. Goddamn. Fucking disgusting. That is a a public safety risk, is it not? At, without a doubt. Look, Thomas Lowe, this, this judge, this circuit judge, the fourth district court judge, Thomas Lowe, should be removed from the bench. He doesn't have the ability to make judgment calls in cases. Clearly, he does not. All right. The next asshole of today. Would you like to intro this one, too? Dr. Nargarwala was arrested on Wednesday for allegedly performing genital female genital mutilation on multiple young girls over the past 12 years. In the United States. Detroit emergency room doctor is charged with what the feds call a brutal form of violence against girls that has no place in modern society. 44-year-old Dr. Jumana Nargawala is charged with genital mutilation, conspiracy, and lying to federal agents, facing up to life in prison at this point. Seven investigator Jim Kirshner is live downtown where the doctor had her first court appearance. And, and Jim, why in the world is this done? And, and who normally gets charged with something like this? Carolyn, federal officials tell me these are the first ever charges under a fairly new United States law. This procedure is also known as female circumcision. It's a ritual that's performed in parts of the Middle East, Asia, and North Africa, and it's designed, designed to reduce the female sex drive. According to court documents, agents with the FBI and Homeland Security have been on this case since they got tipped off this was happening here in Metro Detroit with at least two young girls brought here from Minnesota. Dr. Jamana Nagawala, MD, allegedly performed female genitalia mutilation at a clinic in Livonia. The girls were young, ages six to eight years old. This is part of a particular religious and cultural community. The feds specifically allege the doctor performed this on two girls, age seven, who were brought to Metro Detroit by their own mothers from Minnesota in February. The girls were later interviewed and examined. One girl said it was done to, quote, get the germs out. The other girl said she screamed, got a shot, and it was so bad she felt pain down to her ankle, according to court documents. Now, coming up next hour at 6, the feds dig deeper in this case and find more alleged victims going back 10 years. A couple of other notes. The doctor remains locked up. She'll be back in court on Monday with a detention hearing. It is possible parents could be charged in these cases. It's still very early on. And the feds believe there are more victims out there. They want anyone with information about this doctor to contact the FBI. We put that information on our website, WXYZ.com. 
Carolyn? Wow, hard to believe this is being done in America. Now, she's affiliated with Henry Ford Hospital, worked as an emergency room doctor. So, Jim, what is their reaction to all of this tonight? Yeah, after this broke, they quickly put out a statement saying she did not perform any of those alleged procedures at Henry Ford Hospital, and the Fed said these were done at a Livonia clinic. All right. Again, can I bitch about the coverage here from the local affiliate, WXYZ in Detroit, and quit calling it a fucking procedure. These girls were mutilated through a religious ritual that happened to be performed by a doctor. It's not a fucking procedure. If you go to a dentist and they yank out all your teeth or file them down, that's not a procedure. That's mutilation. Well, it's also done to control women. Absolutely. To prevent them from enjoying sex because they think that if they aren't able to have an orgasm then they don't have the desire and that will keep them in line. That's right. And something that frustrates me about the female genital mutilation issue is that men compare it to male circumcision. It is not. Listen, it is idiotic. It is not. Yeah. And I think that men who do that don't understand uh, female goings on. Right. Because there's three different types of female genital mutilation, from my understanding. And... One, they take off the clit. Only, it's like something like only 30% of women can orgasm vaginally. So the, the clitoris really plays an important role in women being able to enjoy sex, have orgasms. It's very important. Well, and in this, in, in this practice, you don't want me to call it a procedure. What should I call it? Practice is fine. Ritual, brutality, yeah. mutilation. Okay, in this situation, they cut off the clitoris. That's right. So that removes the ability to have an orgasm for women. It also can create pain the rest of their life when they Excruciating do. Excruciating pain. When they do have sex. In the other forms, they can take off the inner labia. And in other forms, they can take off the outer labia as well. So they completely cut everything off. And there's men who want to compare this to male circumcision. Yeah, let me explain. This might be too much information, but I'm circumcised. I've never not had an orgasm. Done. <laughs> again, again, full fucking stop. Yeah. They're not comparable at all. I, I, I Listen, I understand the, the viewpoint that uh, male circumcision is kind of a bummer. Yeah, it's, to- it's totally a fair point to have. It's, to- it's a religious uh, ceremony, ritual, where you mutilate the body. I get that, but I can still come. Yeah, it's also not a, a practice that's used to control men. That's exactly And their right. sexual desire. Right. It's not used as an attempt to keep them down. They're not comparable. It's This is used as an attempt to control women yeah. to remove this part of their life. And you right. go talk to women who have had this done. Go listen to interviews with women that have had this done. Ion Hersey Ali. It's heartbreaking hearing these women talk. Yeah. Because sometimes they can't enjoy sex at all. It's too painful. But not even enjoy. It is every time they have sex, one, it, it, it's bringing up what happened to them. But also, it is physically painful every time they engage in sex. Yeah. To the point where they're crying. So it's not the same. I would like to say 
one point that he very briefly mentioned is that the parents might be charged. God damn right these parents should be charged. As far as I'm concerned, they shouldn't have possession of their children. Well, some of They them, shouldn't have custody. Some of them drove from out of state to right. bring their kids there. They crossed over. It goes Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan. That's a multi-state trek to, to brutally mutilate the genitals of your child. So again, organized religion being a driving force of terrible shit. Fundamentalists of these religions driving the worst. And I'm not saying that all religion or all religious people are bad news. It's not what we're saying. Let me say we, me. I'm saying that the fundamentalists here crying for a rapist because he's an extraordinarily great man. And this fucking monster doctor in Detroit, a serial mutilator of children driven by religion. It is disgusting. I heard a story, I think it might have been on This American Life, and it was about a girl who lived in a small community, uh, which was majority Muslim, and she told her story of her female genital mutilation, and her mom is the one who brought her to the woman to have it done, and she she didn't know what was happening, she... Again, it was kind of a thing like that, get the germs out, or whatever bullshit thing, yeah. And she grew up... And wasn't able to have relationships because she couldn't have sex because it was too painful. Uh, she went to the doctor and they were very shocked by what they saw. Yeah. And I think that she was able to get something done to, to kind of repair things a little bit or, or help her in some way. Apparently but- there is a small percentage that when it's not done... To the full extent that they want it done, it it can be helped. Yeah. In some cases. Right. And the most notable thing about this story, though, is the fact that her mom took her to get it done and her mom had also had it done. And so her mom had lived her whole life not being able to enjoy sex, have an orgasm. And when this girl was old enough, she went to her mom and said, you know, why did you do this to me when you had it done to you? And, and, you know the effect on your life and her mom ended up regretting it and they had this really emotional talk and it's just sad that these ideas are forced on women yeah and that they believe them and then they force it on their their babies right well listen for me it's more shocking that this has happened in the united states there should be an organized task force to fucking clamp down on brutalizing children in this way for whatever reason, whether it be your fairy tale that you believe in or whatever, this is fucking bullshit that is harming the most innocent among us. It should not be tolerated. These people, parents included, need to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. And on that happy note, we're going to leave you. God damn. Listen, we love you guys. We appreciate you. We would love to hear your thoughts about this, the asshole of today segment, or any other thing we talked about in this episode or any other. 
657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Listen, go rate and review the show if you have not done so yet. We would love to hear your thoughts there. It's important, and it helps us get our, our show and our name in front of new listeners. Speaking of that, if you have a friend or a neighbor or a family member that you think would enjoy the show, we would love to have them participate too. So until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. Stress is like herpes, I guess is what I'm saying. You can pass it on to others. Okay. Okay.